Welcome to Criminal Giants, a comedic true crime watch along podcast where we watch Criminal Minds, yes, all 15 seasons, and discuss the true crime that can be linked, however indirectly, to the episode. We're your hosts, Stacey Johnson and Veronica Shea. And this week, we're joined by Parnell Piano and discussing Season 1, Episode 7, The Fox. So, your last name is actually Piano. It is It is actually Piano. Okay. Yeah. I was like, yeah. maybe it's a stage Maybe I should, but... No, yeah. Born born with Piano. It was actually on my mother's side. Oh, yeah. cool. Do you play? I do. I do. Yes. I'm actually looking at, at my childhood piano right now. <laughs> it's That's here. Fantastic. So. Yeah. Stacey, what's on your hands? My tiny hands. <laughs> I forgot that I had them over here. I used to use them when I was stressed out at work because this was kind of where I would work from home. And so when uh, I'd be pissed or stressed out, I'd put them on and just be like, yep. and not be stressed. Oh my God. I just saw them. I was like, why is this happening? Uh, uh, yep. Oh tiny hands. <laughs> well, I love them. I love Thank you. Them. <laughs> oh my God. Don't encourage her, Parnell. Yes, encourage me. <laughs> Let's is... be best friends, Parnell. Yeah. Done. Oh God. <laughs> you don't want this. Believe me. Done. You can't get rid of her. You want this. I think they are, they are a, what, what shade is that? That's like a shade of green? Are it's they not. Yeah, like, I don't know. It was the only ones they had and I was going to get them regardless of whether they matched because I think it's hilarious. Yeah. I like to how they're facing us. You have our hands supposed to face. Oh. Yourself. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how this works. Yeah. I think they're on opposite of. Oh, they are. You gotta, you gotta. <laughs> uh, anyways. Oh my gosh. Welcome, okay. welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the show. Okay, so episode seven is called The Fox. Uh, we learned that Hotch has a baby. This is about family annihilators. Someone's got to have a new family. Two families at the be- like by the beginning, two families are dead. They're made to look like murder suicides. The unsub or unknown subject. He has organized control and planning with quick disorganized kills. We discover Reed is going to have his first solo interview of a suspect. Uh, we're learning a lot about like Reed as a character in the last episode. He had failed his gun recertification exam. So like he's very young, very new, but very bright, right? That's Reed's whole thing. Uh, my favorite part about that though, is that they were like, he hasn't talked to anybody since he's been arrested. And Reed just walks in and the guy is like, let me tell you all these things. Let me talk about my feelings. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, okay, good job, Reed. You broke him. Yeah. It's the looks. It's the incredibly good looks. Yeah, there. that's right. <laughs> it's that <laughs> jawline. Yeah, it is. He'll like, tell you anything. Those cheekbones. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> So we find out that none of the victims had defensive wounds or ligature marks. They were all stabbed to death with the exception of the husbands who were shot in the head. The wedding rings were all taken as trophies. And then Gideon in his most dramatic self ever starts just screaming at one point. And we find out that the neighbors could hear if someone was in distress. But I feel like there was maybe a better way to find that out. Right. Like they should have maybe should have like warned people. Warned anybody. Said anything. (laughs) But so obviously there was no calling out when this unsub was in the house. We learned that one of the families was in major debt, but then they were also like going to Disney World. I don't know. But we find out that it is this therapist guy whose marriage had collapsed and he was using his position to find out when these families who were seeing him were going on vacation and then 
taking that time to infiltrate their homes and murder them because they wouldn't be discovered for a while, right? They wouldn't be missed. So that is episode seven in a nutshell. <laughs> I actually did. You brought up the screaming thing. I had real qualms with it, actually. I w- ended up watching the episode when you guys had sent it. And I watched it again this morning. And I was like, dude, he did. He did that. He just went, started screaming. Imagine the, you see the lights turn on and the family's like, what's happening? And they call the police and the police are like, well, what's going on? <laughs> and like, they call him. He's like, it's just me, guys. It's, it's just, just me. It's like, oh, yeah, we got the FBI over there. Is there screaming? Yeah, yeah. that's Gideon. Yeah, don't worry yeah. about it. No thanks. Crazy cat. Like, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. I used to really like Gideon in the beginning. Like, again, 2005, you're like, yeah, Gideon. I really hate him. Like, the more I watch it or rewatch it and the older I get, I'm like, dude, you suck. Give me Rossi. Like, when does Rossi hit the scene? Because this man is unhinged. Like, Gideon is really... Toxic. We talk about toxic masculinity, like Hotch doesn't show emotion and Derek is always bullying Reed, but like Gideon is kind of the most toxic of everybody and he just goes off and does whatever and you have to just fall in line because it's Gideon. I'm like, like, you suck, dude. Get out. (laughs) Yeah. What's that? What's that thing right before he starts screaming and they're kind of doing the walkthrough? Derek's what he's he's on his knees looking at the dog door and he's like oh but he says something and Gideon does that weird thing he's like but I have a gun to your head and you're like what like he's like well they had a big they had a big dog or yeah what was you're a big guy but now I have a gun to your head does it matter yeah yeah the screams Uh, don't matter yeah (sighs) yeah it's like we don't you're so dramatic he's like overly dramatic and also not the right. leader. Like Hotch is the leader of the team and Gideon just comes in and does fuck all whatever. <laughs> well, at, like literally just got off of psych leave because of Hotch. Like, can you calm it down? Like slow your roll, dude. You're just, <laughs> I don't know. I really don't like him. I can't wait for him to leave. <laughs> Spoiler. Oh. Spoilers. I'm so sorry. We do. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> So sorry. <laughs> this is a bit of a spoiler um, podcast, quite frankly. <laughs> we talk a lot about future episodes. Mm. But have you watched the show before? Or I've is only this like- watched scattered okay. episodes. So this is kind of the first one I actually like sat down. And I was like, oh, this is, these are the characters. <laughs> this is what's happening. Yeah. I actually yeah. have no real background of, of who uh, they all the are. Ones. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's so funny. Our last episode, our guest didn't had never seen an episode and she got to be fair, uh, not a good episode. And sh- they also didn't use anyone's names until the end. She was like, I don't know who anyone was or <laughs> what was happening. I was like, I was like, crap. Like that's me though. That's just you in everyday life. Stacey. Just like, doing do, stuff, do, saying do. stuff, no plans. <laughs> I just show up, see what happens. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. But our favorite character obviously is, Derek Morgan, Shamar Moore, so much so that we do objectify him on this show. It's what the people want. I think it's going to heal America. Agreed. I think everyone can get behind Shamar Moore and <laughs> love him. Shamar Moore, more than more than what's his name? More than uh. Okay, I love MGG so yeah. much, so especially dreamy. when his hair gets better. Because right now they, it's like the behind the ears, like. They don't want him to be sexy, so they're like, nerdy, really nerdy him up. And then there's one yeah. episode in, like, season three. He comes in with this, like, boy band they curl let it fall thing. Down. And they let it go, and you're like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Who is this Burberry model, Matthew yeah. Gugler? Fucking hell. No, I yeah. do love Reed. I love Reed, yeah. I love Morgan, and I love Garcia. If you had to pick just one to keep forever, which what would hap- you pick? What happens to the other people? They die. They die. 
They no longer exist. Wait, who was the last person that you said? Garcia? Garcia, the, the blonde one. The blonde tech. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. But one, one to die. Or, I mean, one to live. The rest to die. The rest to die. That's, and I was just like, that's Stacy's rules. Good God. Yeah, it's how I live. Dang. Fast and loose. <laughs> what a whore. Fast and loose. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> now, now I'm blushing. <laughs> now we all know. Oh, I'm embarrassed. I need my tiny hands. <laughs> <laughs> One to die or two to die. That's, I don't like that they die, Stacy. Well, you have to pick. Those are the rules. Them's the rules. Okay. Well, characters or humans? I don't know. I didn't really think about this. Well, all you, way, but you're like, making the rules. Uh, characters. Characters. Okay. Then I would choose Reed to live because. I don't think Garcia could survive in a world without Derek, and I don't think Derek could survive in a world without Garcia. It's very poetic. So they should die together. You don't know this yet, Parnell, but they become besties, and they have the most beautiful little relationship. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. I I was going to say Reed, too, but just because I'm legit looking at his like profile right now and mm-hmm. god he is so good looking he's he is, so good looking oh he, he's a he's a burberry oh, model oh. he's a model <laughs> he's a model actor director man it's disgusting it actually i gotta change the page here there we go um <laughs> dude that was a lot should we change it to the give me more segment where we objectify matthew gregor we're in this yes is that what oh. we're doing no Shamar today? Is it going to be Matthew? Beth. Let's, let's do yeah, them let's both. Yeah, let's do Shamar Moore is, he is also. That, and we don't have a cool, a cool, a cool play on words for Matthew Gray Goobler. Give me, like, give, give me, me oh, Gray give Goobs. Me, give me Goobs. Give me, give me <laughs> Goobs. I don't <laughs> like that. I don't like it either, but that's where we're at. Give me, give me Goobs? <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. I hate it. But, I, well, but it's where we're at. You did I it. Said it. Yeah. All right. That's Here he is. One. In season okay. one, this is his season one look. I had to look specifically for season one. Not my favorite read look. Yeah, not not a faves. It's a little too. I just got out of like college prep school vibes for me. I'm <laughs> a two point five. She's only doing that, Parnell, because you wanted this segment. <laughs> <laughs> Stacy, thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. I I like to keep I it already, real. Dude, I love I already love this segment and I love that this picture is so controversial cuz I want to the first one I saw I was like great this is great and now you send this and I'm like man this guy looks like he's going <laughs> to do bad things. <laughs> this is like this is a killer writer. This is this is not I would give it a 1. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. I would give this it a is, 1 too. This yeah. one's terrible. You guys find fucking fun. it has to be season 1. No, this is a good one. No, yeah, this you know is a what good this, one. This is Freddy Krueger before all all the things. That's what he oh looks like to me. God, Here with the sweater and the <laughs> No, I didn't help him with the sweater. <laughs> But you get like, oh, here's his boy band hair. Oh my God, look at this. Oh yeah. He is very attractive with his little curls. Agreed. But, oh, look at this one. Cute. Oh, that's a great look That's too. a cute one. Okay, yeah. that deserves a three point. But that's not him in season one. That's him in season oh. whatever. Yeah, that's what I meant. I liked long. I liked long hair. Did you the like long, the real long look? Yeah, it looked like a he had a bob. Yeah, he had a lot of curls. A long bob. I didn't like that look. Didn't like that look. Yeah. No. 
It was too it's much. Good, just natural hair. It just yeah. It falls so nicely. I feel like yeah. he doesn't use like a lot of product, but you know, it just it just works. It Between just works. the curls and the cheekbones, it's like. How tall is he? Is he? He's like six two. Six two. Is that true? I, I don't know. I just guessed. One hundred twenty pounds or something, or <laughs> probably like one fifty. Let me go see if they have his stats. I worked at Michael's when I first moved out here, the one in Burbank. And he came in because it was Halloween and that is his season. And we were talking about because he still had his Nevada driver's license. And so we talked about both being from Nevada. He's very sweet. And I remember him being tall. You're just dropping this on us that you met him. You met the man himself. I met him. Yeah. The man, the myth, oh. the legend. Oh, he's I 6'1". This, I was very I close. I knew this, but I'm still upset about it. He's yeah, 6'1". Wow. Shamar Moore is 6'1"? I don't believe mm, that. That's more of like a 5'11 type moment. Thomas Gibson is 6'2". <laughs> All right, well, Shamar. Gimme, gimme more. So in this photo of Shamar's, he's giving us laid back in pink. He's giving us sitting at the desk, relaxation vibes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. What do we think about... <laughs> My images get worse and worse. As <laughs> I love this. Did you you crop this? Yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. I love so, this crop too. Thank you. What I do is I take a photo of my tele of my laptop <laughs> under blankets, so there's no reflection because you can't screenshot off of Hulu. And then I send the ones that aren't oh. moving to Stacy, and she picks her favorites. And then I hold down, and so it cuts him out. Yeah, and then that's. How we get our very good quality photos of Shamar. Okay, for being a picture of the screen that you took, like, without a screenshot, that is actually a really good picture. That's... Thank you. Now I'm, that I know... Yeah. I'm zeroing in on my, on like, my skill. Huh. I think this is it. Based on this, I think I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Out of five helpings, I think I'm going to give it a 3.5. Stacey no, also. that's a lie. A four. A four. A four? Yeah, for She sure likes to do halves. More. It's annoying. <laughs> Sometimes what, you just want a full, but you want extra. I guess raised it from a three, five, dropped it from a five, from a perfect. You know, four. I just kind of feel bad because the last episode I only gave him a one, so. <laughs> <laughs> that was undeserved, too. Like, mine might have been high because I gave him a three, but, like, I don't think a one was deserved. <laughs> so I feel bad. I gotta make his average go a little higher now. I'm gonna give him three helpings because we're back into a tie, which we're really trying to get him out of those. It's not oh, purple, yeah. which I appreciate, but it's not relaxed. Like he's trying to relax, and that tie is like restraining him. Mm. Although mm -hmm. you can pull a tie, so no, I'll give it four too. I'll give you four. I'll give him four helpings. Okay. Hit us with it, I was going to go three, but I want to go four so bad. I, I want... You can go three. You know, it's the it's the phone... What What is that? Pager? Yep. Watch combo. That yes. really... That gets me going. I like seeing that. I like it's, seeing that. That's old school cool right there. It's old not cool. bad, you know? Yeah. And then the pink on pink is just... It actually... I'm is, digging is, it. It's pleasing, right? It's it's good. It's Yeah. Right? Yeah, with the with the textured tie as well. So yeah, I think it's a solid look. I really like it. Okay. I like it as well. Yeah, I, I met Matthew at um, Michael's. Oh, he was very sweet. So he he, he lives around. In yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want to say he now lives in Pasadena, but that might be very wrong. 
Mm. <laughs> oh god, a lot of celebrities would come in, like to the Burbank one. I guess because it's closest to like Beverly Hills and stuff. But the guy who I like lost my sh- like it made my knees go weak and I like fell into the counter. I have to look up his name because I always forget. What? I feel like I'm gonna giggle at this one. I'm stressed. <laughs> You're gonna be like, who is Tim Decay? Who's Tim Decay? So from I- White Collar. Do you remember that show? I do. Not Matt Balmer, the other FBI agent. But in person, he was like radiating beauty. Like just, he glowed. And I was just like, oh. And I just like, my knees went weak. Ooh. (laughs) And he was there getting art supplies for his second grader, I think, at the time for some projects. That's adorable. What a guy. Oh, and he's a sweetheart. And he's a sweetheart. How? When was this? This was recently too? No, it was at Michael again. My my term at Michael's, which was 2012. Okay, yeah. so she's grown now. How yeah. weird. He's yeah, he's good in a suit. Love that. Yeah, love a man in a suit. Books, unless it's Derek Morgan, we would like him out of the suit into his cash gear, please. Cash, cash, magash. I don't know why okay. my brain my brain misfired for a second. Wait, <laughs> misfired. Yeah, I wanted to say words, but they didn't come out. It's good for a podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is good. We're doing good. We're doing things. good. We're doing great. You know, I did a, I, I had to do a little research before of, of Shabar Moore, like current, because I didn't realize he was, he's like 53, I think I saw 53 now. Yeah. And he, I watched this thing on him working out. Oh my gosh. The body on this yeah. guy for, you know, he is 53. so sexy. Oh. Dude. I'm gonna look crusty when I'm 53. I just know. <laughs> and he's still he's doing it all. He's going out there. He's hitting the bag. He's doing the sledgehammer. Right. And I was like, do this all day. Just yeah. make this a show. That's, yes. You don't yes. need SWAT or, or whatever it is you're doing. No. No. no but Shmar is so hot. But I feel like I've really zeroed in on my um, age demographic of men, and it's in their 50s. <laughs> It's 50s, that's it? Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. It's the 50s. Because the, uh, the British comedian I'm obsessed with and love with is 55 now. Yeah, they're all like all these dudes that I'm like, oh, I'm into him. Oh, I like him. They're like 53, 51, 52. And I'm like, what's what does this say about me? It's a sweet spot for you. Yes. Yeah. Come on, Shamar. 53. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Finally at the age where I can appreciate it. Yeah, it's a it's a nice sweet spot though. At least it's not like you're not pulling a Leo kind of, you know. No, I'm not trying to get twenty year old. Oh my god, what would first of all, what do you do with a twenty year old? Dude. Like what I don't who what do you even say to them? I have to tell so one of my dear friends is twenty four now. Hmm. And I have to text her and I'm like, what does this mean? Is this slang? I have to be like, what is this? What does like, this mean? Who yeah. is what does this do? Who are what are the young people saying? I feel right. so oh, old. The slang is just uh, mid. Have you guys heard this word mid? No. Mid. Uh, Things, what is that? It's the same as saying like that's average. Like that's it's it's not good, it's not bad, it's mid. Like that's the new oh So it's fine? It's mid. It's yeah, just say okay. fine. Just say it's fine. No, it's so mid. Yeah. Oh. I don't oh. think oh. that's... <laughs> I hate it. Oh. It's mid. It's, it's gross. It's, oh. It's less than mid. Whatever less than mid is, is like what mid is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't Not a fan. It. Not a fan. Okay. So we've really, we've, we've made a turn. Okay. So we hit Shamar. We did our first ever Gimme Goobs. 
which we're going to keep workshopping <laughs> for that. Email us name ideas. Yes. Yeah. Send in name ideas. Um, and then, okay, so we all watched the episode. Parnell, you were saying you had questions about the episode? You wanted to talk about the episode specifically? Oh, I actually had just questions on the episode in relationship to our guy. Oh, great. Ono Prienko, but great. I think we we're going to probably get into that. So yeah, I'll let let's you guys do it. take the let's wheel here. It. He, okay, so yeah, Anatoly Ono Prienko is insane. He is crazy. I would, okay, well, I wouldn't say that he's legally insane, but he's psycho. So he was born in the Soviet Ukraine behind the Iron Curtain. And what was so wild, he was the youngest of two brothers. And when his mom died, he was sent to an orphanage, but his brother stayed with his dad, right? Which I really do think where all of this like family hatred comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he killed. Oh, that's the one number I didn't fucking write down. Or he confessed to killing 52 people. He confessed to 52 people. And the, his first thing, like, he, like, went out and killed a deer, felt bad about that, and then was like, fuck that, I'm going to kill people. And his first crime was to kill a family of eight people. Like, talk about zero to a hundred. Like, that's not even trial and error. That's like, all right, here we go. Yeah. So he killed a family of eight. He starts with the father, which obviously is very different than the episode where he ends with the dad. Mm -hmm. But he starts with the dad in all of these. He killed a family as when they were sleeping in their car. He killed multiple families in their homes and then would light the homes on fire to try to get rid of evidence, which we actually touched on a little bit in our arsonist episode that a lot of times, you know, they'll set fires to get rid of evidence. And he just kept saying that he heard voices in his head telling him to do these like horrifically violent things. Mm -hmm. But I just don't believe that in any sense of the word, because later he would be like, but you should have just killed me because if I ever get out, I'm going to kill again. And this is how I'm going to do it. And this is my plan. It's like, you don't plan if voices are telling you to do things, you do what the voices are saying. You're like not preemptively making your plan. Right. So that's kind of Ono Prienko. He had a lot of victims. He is a family annihilator, which are a very interesting subset of serial killers, I think. They are mostly men who kill their whole family and then usually kill themselves is what we do see. And it's usually some like collapse in the, the dad's life that triggers it, which is so interesting because these aren't people who have any uh, like criminal offenses against them. A lot of murderers will have other charges already. Like they've already been through the system or they'll, you know, have like mental health issues, but the mental health system knows about them. And a lot of times family annihilators just one day pick up a gun and kill their whole family. It's very wild. Like with no preemptive anything, women family annihilators tend to, okay, well, what they say is like, if a woman's going to kill their kids, they're usually infants. And if a man is going to kill their kids, they're usually older, like three and up, which is very strange. But that's mm. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. So there was the study done in the UK where they looked at a bunch of family annihilators and 59 out of 71 of them were male. 55% were in their 30s. I was like, that's that's not nothing. Like 30 year olds just decide to kill their families one day is wild. Are you guys thinking of having a family, yeah. Parnell, you and your wife? Yeah, we're, uh, we're very much considering and I'm just in that sweet spot. <laughs> <laughs> right there. Drama. So we're going to keep an eye out. Oh yeah. 
Okay. Sorry. I like went off Ono Prianko already. Okay. So what I actually think is most interesting about Ono Prianko is that he didn't attack his own family. Usually family annihilators kill their own families. He killed other people's families that were still very much together. Right. So I think being from a broken home, that is something to look at. He always said that he had anger that he wasn't chosen to stay with his dad. Oh yeah. Cause he got put into the orphanage. Yeah. Cause he got put into the orphanage, but that mm-hmm. his trial this is a funny thing, was delayed because in Ukraine, the defendant has to read all the evidence that's being brought against them. And he had so much evidence and took such a long time, just like leisurely thumbing through that like it delayed the trial. And then also the courts are responsible for the travel of all of the witnesses coming. And he had like over 400 witnesses and they couldn't afford it. So they had to like put out a GoFundMe for basically for this like trial. Like what? So wild. Can't they just like send in a deposition or something? Imagine being the guy having to, you just having to read all that out loud to the court and just seeing that book and being like, Oh my God, this is going to take forever. Forever. Right. And then having to read to your own kid, freaking whatever, Dr. Seuss later. (laughs) I've been reading all day, man. I'm just having a break. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, let's double duty this and just starts reading the evidence to his child. Sweet dreams. I'm going to be a really good mom. Brutal. I, that is, I'm sorry. I keep thinking about this like age range thing. And I didn't, I didn't think of that before and kind of his, his age as well. That is a very strange kind of, I I don't know if it's a, would you call it a coincidence or like a trend? Just trend. Yeah. Especially with that kind of age range. What he was born 59, I think it says here. So he's, he's Mm -hmm. a boomer category. I wonder if that like, all right, not to say I hope there's more family annihilators in the future, but you know what that trend will be in the future. If there's like, you know, Mm -hmm. or if it's very specific to kind of that generation or what that means. Uh, Yeah. I wonder if it's like a, see what you're saying like i wonder if it's like a cultural thing like right. the boomers believed like you get married you have a family mm-hmm. x y and z by this age and if you don't have that by x y and z what does that do to your like your mental stability and things like that also too i feel like he was also probably pretty fucked up beforehand so yeah he, right. he wasn't great oh yeah he had also mentioned that like Seven, and I don't know if this is true because this is a quote from him and I did no research into it, that 70% of orphans in the Ukraine become murderers or do murder or do crime. Jesus. I was like, what? I'm like, is that, are you, do you know that? Or are you just saying that? Like, I don't, that was super weird. That can't be true, but that's what he said. Yeah, that is a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So let's go back to family annihilators. So there are, we learned that there are four types of family annihilators. There's the self-righteous annihilator that holds the mom responsible for the breakdown of the family, whatever, you know, so we see that with like a woman who wants a divorce, takes the kids, he kills everyone, self-righteous. Or if she cheated, you know, anything that could be pertained to the woman's fault. Then we have the disappointed annihilator who believes that the family has let them down in some way, which I can't imagine what kind of disappointment you'd have to feel for that kind of a response. Uh, We have the anomic annihilator who sees the family as a symbol of their own economic success. 
but let's say they get fired from their job or, you know, big drop in the, the market or whatever, they go bankrupt, they no longer view the family in that same way. So they have to get rid of them. And then the paranoid annihilator who wants to protect their family as a unit from a perceived threat. And so we see this when Child Protective Services is going to step in and break up the family or... On the extreme case, if someone's a paranoid schizophrenic and they believe aliens are going to come and invade, so they kill their family as like a mercy killing. Uh, that is a paranoid annihilator. That would be the story of Medea in Greek mythology. There you go. Uh. Thank you. <laughs> Stacey's like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm smart sometimes. <laughs> so we see a lot of the self-righteous annihilator and the anomic annihilator, uh, both of which are closely tied to the idea of gender roles and the man's place in the family. So in this episode, we had a self-righteous annihilator mm -hmm. who his wife left with the kids and he no longer had access to them and then decided to kill happy families. But like one of them, the wife was spending money that the husband didn't have. And so he killed the whole family. I forget what the second, so, like there was always an excuse of something of like, he was really protecting them in the end of the family breaking up. So I guess he could also be paranoid, but he was just so meticulous that I don't feel like paranoid was a thing. He also didn't try to kill himself, which makes him very different from Annihilators, where 80, 81% of them try to kill themselves. But what what was his background as well? I, I can't remember it now. And I, and I don't know. He was there. He was like their... Um, he was their therapist. He worked with the families. Yeah. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. He was okay. their therapist. I, I thought he was like their doctor or something, but therapist. That makes more sense. Because yeah. his secretary... Or not secretary. His secretary right had had the files as well or the I other think therapist that was like the yeah i think she was like the lead therapist person okay yeah she was not sec but yeah she, yeah secretary what because she was a woman and had files how dare yeah. you <laughs> bosses file too okay <laughs> women can like, be bosses say the wrong thing here <laughs> Yeah, so he was able to, so a lot of them were there for family therapy or marriage counseling. Mm. We learned from the strangely oversharing co-worker of one of the women who just kept talking at them. Mm. I don't know if you guys remember her. It was like, was she a, a black woman? Pacific Islander woman? Me. Um, I'm going to cut that part out. That makes me sound racist. But she was of color. <laughs> person of color. <laughs> 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 she was one of the brown ones. <laughs> she was one of the brown ones. <laughs> um, <laughs> she was. And I remember, I'm going to, this is all getting cut, but I'm going to tell you why I remember that because she was talking about how concealer only covers so much. And then I was mm. thinking about how black women must not bruise it. Like you can't see it as easily. But then, oh my God, if you can see it, how hard did they get hit? That was literally my entire thought process in this scene. Because mm. like, if I bruise, I'm like green immediately. Like immediately. I bruise very easily. I'm low on iron. <laughs> I don't, why, is that long, why is that an awkward pause? Why was there an awkward pause? That's a very normal thing to say. That's not a normal thing to say, Stacey. It's a normal thing to have happening, but you like bruise. usually you're like, oh, I bruise really easily. Bruise like a peach. And that's usually the end of it. Yeah. You know, I live Why my don't... life every day. <laughs> I don't know. Why don't you take supplements? I do. Anyway. It was uh... very specific. It was very specific. And I was watching Veronica's reaction. Facial journey. Yeah. <laughs> 
chaos. Yeah, welcome to the show, Parnell. This is it. But yeah, so that's like the basic family annihilator. Yeah, it's uh, it made me think a lot of like kids. There have been a few like really big cases in which like children have annihilated their families. Like um, there was that one kid, and I remember he's in like basketball shorts and like a white tee, and there's that like really famous picture of him, and he like shot his family. Oh, he's in uh, Kids uh, Behind Bars. Yeah. He should never be let out. No, he terrifies He should me. never be let out. We talked about this show last week uh, mm. called Kids Behind Bars, Life or Parole. And all of these minors, some as young as like 13, got life Jeez. without the possibility of parole. There were some where they were trying to give them the death sentence. Wow. And the... U.S. Supreme Court recently overturned that saying that that is against the Eighth Amendment, that it is cruel and unusual punishment for a minor. So a lot of them, you know, then filed paperwork for resentencing. So that was like looked at and a a lot of them were just basically commuted to life with possibility. But some of them were like, you have six more years and then we will let you go. And so that was nice to see because some of it's like a 13 year old isn't necessarily like a cold blooded killer. Yeah. But this guy fucking was and it was like for his girlfriend is that the one yeah it it was on kids kids behind bars or something yeah i'm pretty sure i also have a book on that called kill grandma for me and she got her boyfriend to kill her grandparents eric smith eric smith maybe not my guy but maybe your guy is that that's based on a true story as well Veronica, Mm -hmm. that book? Yeah, this is a true crime. So this is 15-year-old James Evans, 13-year-old lover Wendy, and yeah. Yeah, Eric Smith. He was... No. Never mind. That's the wrong one. Take that out. Why can't I find that? Was it in Alabama? This Eric Smith kid looks like such a little nerd. I'd never guess. (laughs) Right? Right. He was 13 when he killed someone. I don't know. I can't And it was the whole family? Yeah. It's going to bother me until I can figure it out. Also, you were mentioning the the person who, who came up. I liked our guy Candyman. Tony Todd popping up in oh, that yeah? episode, too. Oh, yeah. Great, great performance from him. He popped up. Wow. I didn't know he was in this. Yeah, he did really well and just wanted to spill his guts to Reed. Yeah, he was the husband or ex-husband of yeah one of the he was the ex-husband and they they thought it would was him mm-hmm. because that would fit a pro a normal profile but it wasn't yeah uh he was just angry at the world which is fair to find something space it was alabama yeah sure How did you know did That's i say alabama right in the did. woods right yeah it was a kid it in the woods. was Three family members, no, it was at their home, while two were in critical condition, but he attempted to kill all five, and he was 14 years old. What's his name? It was, this is annoying, they don't name him in this, a 14-year-old confessed to shooting and killing an entire family in Alabama home, late Monday night, his five-year-old sister, two brothers who were six years old and six months old, his father, oh, well, his father is John Sisk and Mary Sisk. His 35-year-old stepmother said, yeah, but they don't list the kid's name. Wait, was this recent? Mason Sis. This? this was 2022. Dang, this, this was, was super recent. This was last year, 2022. Yeah. Mason Sisk. There it is. What a journey we just went on to find this freaking thing. Golly. I need my tiny hands. How old is he supposed to be? He looks 17. old. 
I think he's 17. I don't like it. Yeah, so family well, annihilators. Yeah, they're rare, thank God, but... It's interesting on this one how different it is compared to like the like family annihilators that are in the like description of family annihilators like it's typically like you said one family and this was several families yeah and then like witnesses and random people for on a prianko yeah and usually it's like their own families not other people's families right which is why you know this is our guy for this episode but his nicknames are terrifying the beast of ukraine the terminator citizen o yeah the citizen o one i was like what why like citizen kane oh but his last name's oh no oh yeah no prianko (laughs) no yeah i i saw i i saw something as well i don't know if I, i was watching something on he it was said he would like shoot at cars like he would just shoot like his mm-hmm. gun at at cars that, or something passing too. by. Yeah, like, sure. This guy just yeah, he just was angry at people. the world. Yeah, he just really wanted to kill people. Yeah. Well, look at the time frame in which it was happening. It was during um, post World War Two. Yep, exactly during that with the what is it called Iron Curtain? I want to yeah. call it the Steel something for some reason in Ukraine. I have heard. Correct me if I'm wrong. And some of the things that I have seen is that there is sort of a mentality of fight in men in the the um what's the word for it? Uh, Eastern European men. There it is. Boop. Mm. Yeah, there's that mentality of that in Eastern European men. And I'm wondering if that coupled with experience, coupled with entitlement, coupled with like everything that was happening on in the world led him to feel like he had to do this. Yeah. I would agree with all that, except the feel like he had to do this and change it to made him want to do this. Yeah. Poor choice of words, but yes, agreed. I definitely do. I don't think it was a compulsion killing. Yeah, I think what we have seen, you know, obviously gender roles in America are very rigid as well. And as they're loosening, though, we do see them even more rigid in other parts of the world where the macho thing is still very much intact. And yeah, Eastern Europe is definitely one of those places. And and like like the studies are saying that a lot of these killings happen when the man feels his place in the family is threatened or has failed or broken in some way. Mm-hmm. So, and then that coupled with the rejection of his hero dad, his dad was, you know, awarded medals for bravery in world war mm-hmm. two, definite inadequacy issues. So Ono Prinko was arrested. He confessed to 55, 52, excuse me. And then he, what happened to him? He was he killed. I can't remember. Or was was he sentenced to life? No, he was or sentenced. Did he, the death he was sentenced to the death penalty. But by the time it got through, they had gotten rid of it. Oh, that's right. So it was commuted to life imprisonment. Yeah, that's right. Okay, and he's still alive. Yeah, still mark? alive. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just saw that. Yeah, he's. Oh, he's still alive? For some reason, in my mind, I thought I saw he died in prison. He's still alive. He's, wow. Yeah, he is yeah. still alive. Oh. It's yeah. It's terrifying. 
Nuts. I I think you had said earlier too. He went from zero to to eight. Yeah. Zero. <laughs> wow. What's What's crazy too to think is that the span of the crimes happened in less than ten years for him. Yeah. From eighty nine to ninety six. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Fifty two murders. What's that average? I mean, that's yeah. I was right. about to ask why. That's after the that fall of the. That's after the fall of the Iron Curtain. Because the Iron Curtain went down. The Berlin Wall came down. Five point two in eighty eight murders a year. Ish. No. Stacy, you want to Google when the Berlin Wall came down? Yes. Five five a, a year. Pretty good number. Ish. Yeah. Ish. God. Zero zero to eight. He just he dove. He just dove. He yes. just dove and, right the fuck in. You know the yeah the go balls on go him home. to just go. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Berlin Wall fell in nineteen eighty nine. So it like literally November ninth. When was his first crime? Yeah. Is this actually because of the Berlin? We've cracked the case, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> We figured it out. <laughs> if democracy had not come through. He did a lot in 96, though. Well, that would be the de-escalation that we usually see before they're caught. Yeah, didn't do a ton from 89. Had a little bit of a slip and then popped back in in 95. And then 96, 96, 90, it was January. January to February of 96 is when he killed his most victims. Wild. Okay. How strange. What a what a coincidence. Democracy mm-hmm. takes hold, kills families, you know? Yeah, damn. True. This guy was not messing around. No. Yeah, it was very weird. I would be interested to know what he did as a child because there's no way he went from shooting one deer to murdering eight people. Right. In a like, swoop. What like didn't we see? Yeah. He was in an orphanage. Lived in an orphanage for however long. I'm sure shit went down there, you know. Because that's quite an escalation. Yeah. Did did he have a what were what was his like killing of of choice? What was his like kind of MO? his mo? He one of them. He used an axe. I thought that was very Lizzie Borden of him. One was a knife. One was a gun. Like it changed a lot. Okay, so he wasn't like a shoot everyone or axe everyone. He didn't no. have a specific. He was like, I'm, I'm just out here. I'm, Killing. I'm a killer. Yeah. Yeah. He was most I'm an all around kind of killer. <laughs> he was mostly a uh, lighted on fire afterwards. Mm-hmm. Right. That like, was his. Yeah. Yeah. That seemed to be his signature. And he killed his victims differently, like of the family members. Like in one instance, he like killed the father with a gun yeah. and then mauled the mom to death with a hammer and then set people to fire. Like it was yeah. chaotic. and Well, cause he would have to take out the threat, right? Which would be the man. So the easiest way is you quickly with a gun, get control of the situation that way. And then mm. we see with the hammer, that kind of overkill, that kind of personalization, that kind of destruction of identity like that's where his anger would have been is on the mothers, which is then very strange because his mom died. You know, it wasn't Mm -hmm. like, unless he blamed her for leaving him and causing the situation. But a lot of times we see mothers who die become like saints, like, you know, like a little Mm -hmm. held on a pedestal for for unstable men. It was almost like the opposite for him. Yeah. Then in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, that is weird. Like, you'd think he would want to torture the father, although he probably mm-hmm. didn't have the strength or the skill to, as opposed to the mother. Because, like, in the episode, we see he saves the father to the end so that the dad can see what he failed 
to save the family from because he is punishing himself for not saving his, you know, quote unquote family. Or yeah, quote that was unquote very saved. dark. That was very dark watching that when he, yeah. when he went into that. Also, how yeah. did he fall for the oldest trick in the book when, when they... <laughs> When they showed the, they showed the, the pictures, they, they swapped them. <laughs> yeah, changed them. <laughs> like, yeah. come on, man. Anyone who's watched any detective show knows they do that. On their yeah, TV. they do it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. So I read this, uh, I read a lot of true crime books and I read one by one of the profile, like beginner profiles, John Douglas. I talk about him all the time. It's just my forever campaign to get him on the show. And he said, anyone can be gotten to basically like even him as someone who teaches interrogation, who knows all the tricks, who knows what you do. If they find the right angle, they'll get him. It doesn't matter. And because at some point you do just break, it's too stressful to be on that side of the table that you break. So we could have been seeing that or I was honestly, I was shocked that he was able to distinguish one disembodied foot from another. Yeah. I think his kind of, how how he goes from like very calm to very angry very stressed how he kind of just changes levels so fast i yeah mm-hmm. that was that that made it that made up for like oh it's not him he's not dumb it's almost he gets it he just can't stand yeah that they're doing yeah 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 it's like he has to be in control it's his little control thing right i love their interrogation stuff when they show you like behind the curtain because a lot of it is true like when they bring in the box oh i don't think they've done it yet but there's one where they're like bring me boxes fill them with paper it doesn't have to say anything put his name on the side of it and they bring in boxes and boxes with this guy they're like we've been watching you blah 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 like that's a that is a legit tactic that people Mm. do like it's really fun to see them do the interrogation portions i I love it but that's really cool i want to know more about the interrogation stuff i think that's that's very i would want to know all of it just so it never what it's not probably not gonna happen but you know you find yourself in the situation. I saw this on TV. Yeah. <laughs> Show me what's in those papers. Literally, I'd be like, open the boxes. Yeah. Let's go. Never ask for <laughs> don't water. Don't ask oh. for water. They can get your DNA from it and your fingerprints. Huh. Once you throw it out, that's why they also give it to you in plastic cups. Because once you throw it out, it's trash and they can test it with or without a warrant. Always immediately ask to talk to a lawyer. Don't say anything else. Ask for a lawyer. Yeah. No matter if you're innocent, guilty, yeah. whatever, just ask for a lawyer. Ask for a lawyer. What else are, are things I can tell you? My lawyer parents would always tell us. Never submit to a polygraph test. They're inadmissible in court. They're so unscientific. But once you fail it, that's it. The cops stop looking. They will mm-hmm. get you for the crime. They're also easy to trick. Like real sociopaths will never fail a polygraph. So they're useless oh. things. I th- I th- think on an episode we should let's have parnell back and let's all take like a lie detector test (laughs) okay parnell this is it you have to start practicing on how to beat them and see if we can beat them yeah we have to get someone who can read like that's the thing is a degree is the wrong term but you get certified that you can read these machines and like Mm. you're usually your machine and then you find someone Oh, you 100% could in Reno, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then that it's all about what that person reads your results as. So just like oh, so profile. There is a sense of subjectivity to it. It's yes, not, absolutely. Right, and it's very right. much on how the questions are asked, what kinds of questions are asked, what the baseline questions were. Just, I mean, just like profiling, one profiler might give a different profile than someone else based on their experience, yeah. based on their knowledge. That's the exact same thing oh. with a poly. And a polygraph is literally about like your heart rate 
And so yeah, if you can just right. control your heart rate and your breathing, you don't You're have good. anything. Or if you don't think you can, if you can manipulate your heart rate to spike during your baseline questions, that's now your baseline and it doesn't matter if you're lying or not. Oh. So this is uh, Veronica and <laughs> Stacy getting you out of crimes podcast. Uh, the true how to get away with murder. <laughs> uh, I'm panicking. No. <laughs> no. Stacy's like, don't put this up, don't put this up, don't put this up. <laughs> yeah, no, I know a lot about stuff. My friend was killed in Reno and it was at the college campus area and he was like a serial rapist and then Brie got killed, but they were asking all of the men. I'm, I'm so like, sorry. We're really like that we're just skirting over this like my friend got killed thing. <laughs> you, you went, my friend got killed and we're like, oh, we're so sorry. And you're like, uh, yeah, he was a rapist. I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. How do we feel right yeah, now? Yeah. Yeah. Go on, uh, go on, sorry. Anyway, he he was caught and he was sentenced to death. And Kristen was on his resentence, his appeal case, which is so weird. Mm-hmm. You'll eventually meet Kristen. She's on here all the time, right now. So they were asking all the all the men on campus if they would like. They were stopping everyone to submit to DNA to rule them out because they had this guy's DNA. So my friend Hunter was like, "Sure, why not?" Like his dad was a lawyer and now a judge, and he's like, "Of course," but you know, and his dad found out and marched down to the police department and was like, give me my son's DNA back. How dare you? And he was like, he got so mad at Hunter. He was like, never give the cops your DNA, never give them a reason. And it's just so funny how much lawyers, even though they work in the system, know that cops kind of get tunnel visioned and like can really railroad anybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like we, ugh. And I'm really not anti-cop. And I know like a lot of people are anti-cop and that's like the whole thing. And I'm not necessarily anti-cop. I'm anti-bad cop, you know, and I'm anti-super cop. Like what the, like, why are they militarized? And I don't think that all cops should carry guns. Like I think the UK has a pretty good, where you have to be a certain level of cop to have that, you know, like, Mm. but I was so shocked that I heard, I was like, oh, no one trusts the cops. We're not trusting cops as lawyers. Like we've really come away from where we were supposed to be. I don't know where that was going, but yeah. yeah. So no, I, never give them a reason. Always ask for a lawyer immediately. Yeah. There aren't, aren't they taught our cops taught those kind of tactics as well though too. Isn't that like actually part of the training? Like yeah. how to basically get admission of guilt or, or ways yeah. to kind of steer a conversation through that. That's yeah. Insane. Well, and like their favorite is if you're innocent, why don't you want to help us to get you to talk? I would rather help you with a lawyer present. Literally just always say lawyer because once, even though if you've said lawyer, if you start talking again, they can start talking to you again. So you'll see that a lot too. And that's why sometimes they'll stay in the room. Good cops will leave the room and just leave you. Mm. But there are some who are like, I bet I could push him. And then we get a lot of fake confessions, you know? Yeah. And then once you have a fake confession, it's like, why would you keep looking? He confessed. If he was innocent, he wouldn't confess. And that's so not true. Yeah. But yeah, so that's just ask for a lawyer. Just always ask sense. for a lawyer. And when in doubt, ask for a lawyer. Is that how I we're ending like the that episode? Was a, yeah, I felt like that even <laughs> reset. Like that's us ending the episode. When in doubt, ask for a lawyer. Give us a five-star Google review. Ask for a lawyer. I don't know. <laughs> it was just great. Okay. Yeah. I think that was probably Unapranko's biggest fault. Is that yeah. he didn't lawyer up. Dude should have no. lawyered up and you know, he wouldn't be where he is today. <laughs> yeah, he really just talked. They like 
So maybe he that was a I don't know how to laugh laugh. <laughs> Are you pro crime, yeah. Parnell? Is that what this is? You're pro crime. Yeah, you do, you stuck it in me. I'm I'm in my thirties now. This is this is me now. This I'm is me. Taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Oh, I, I hadn't heard this term until until you guys sent me kind of the the pack here and and annihilator family annihilator. I actually hadn't heard heard the term until you know just a, oh, a few really? days. Yeah, um, it's even in the study they were saying that they're not given the like their own category to be st- as murderers, and they should be because they're very unique and specific. Wait, they're not given like how? Do, how do you mean? Like they're not actually titled murderers? They're titled- no, they are. There are murderers, but they're usually just oh, okay. thrown in with every other murderer. Oh, when really they are a separate category of they're, killer they're category. altogether. Yeah. Right. Like even from serial killer, they're not really a serial killer. They would be in a mass murder or a murder spree. Not Anatoly. Obviously he was a serial killer. It happened multiple times, but traditional family annihilators who just killed their own families would be a mass killer because it's a lot of people right. in one, one thing. Yeah. So I think it sucks different. that they gave them the coolest villain name. The annihilator. That's <laughs> right. They should. Yeah, don't don't do that. Don't then make him cool. Maybe yeah. we'll get less of them. <laughs> yeah, good point. What should they be called? The family, family losers. Take your awayers. Yeah, it's a shitty name. Yeah. Suck, right? Give them the shittiest name. Give them Correct. the shittiest name. Correct. See. Wow. I'm just thinking about your iron deficiency, Stacey. I'm thinking about it too all the time, clearly. It's going to live rent free in my head forever. <laughs> Here's my ch- my challenge to you guys. Think of a, sh- a shittier name, a real shitty name. So your next person is like, ah, we're, let's change it. Let's change kind of, Ten. you know, the goalposts. Yeah. And okay. We have two things. We need shittier name than Family Annihilator. And Stacey, what did you want? I forgot. I did too. It's fine. That's it. Just the one challenge. It was something. Uh, poly. Uh, oh yeah, the polygraph test. I want us to yeah. do a polygraph test. Beating, to have beating back. the poly. Okay. Yep. So if if anyone you know is a polygraph reader, write into us. Let us know. Let okay. Us know. <laughs> I I don't know a single. I'll find one. I'm sure, you can. That is your challenge, partner. You can like Craigslist this, right? I'm, I'm sure you can find Polly guys. Probably. Probably. Okay. Like, subscribe, download, leave us good reviews only. Don't laugh at me. I've been practicing. Send us the bad reviews. You know, DM it. Don't, we don't like to air dirty laundry and join us next week. You know, it's, it's going to be more chaotic. Serial killer bullshit. Yes. I, I mean, yeah. it's not, not going to be. Thank you.